check check all right let's get it okay what's up folks welcome back it's the cultural podcast sam adamo coming at you it is episode 166 coming at you on friday the 7th of april 2022 a little bit of a later pod this week you know i'm, I'm maintaining that podcasts will be sort of out on wednesday unless i've got no ideas um you know I don't know, Italy not qualifying for the World Cup really threw me for a bit of a loop. I kind of fell out of the rhythm a little bit the last week, mentally. This won't affect the podcast. You guys will barely perceive any difference. But uh, I don't know. I mean, when I'm, in a, you know, when I'm in a bit of a dry spell for ideas, I defer it. So here it is. Uh, I think it's time we get a guest on. Um, honestly, I think the pod is probably starving for it. It's due time we, uh, we change it up a little bit. Uh, be a nice change of pace. So we're going to be getting a guest on next week. Actually, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, man, it's good to be back. Hope you guys are all having a great week. It is the cultural podcast, the show, which selectively discusses culture and football and the ramblings of, uh, possibly sociopathic mid twenties, uh, individual, that's fucking weird to say, isn't it? That's that's a weird pill to swallow. You know, older listeners are saying, fuck you, you kid. You know, shut up. Shut up. Go eat Lucky Charms or something. I don't know. You're, 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 you're still a child. But I don't feel that way. It's You know, it's weird to say I'm in my mid-20s now. 24. I'll be 25 this year. It's, it's strange. It's, it's a very odd feeling. I don't feel that much different than I did four years ago when we started the pod. Other than the fact that You know, I'm a little more pessimistic now. I guess I've seen a little more shit, you know. That's the thing. When you're in school, you only think about what's coming next. And you think you're preparing for it. But what you're really doing is you're kind of procrastinating. And you're using the fact that you're in school and that you don't know exactly what you should be doing as kind of like a crutch that you could you know, lean on and say, well, I don't have to have my shit figured out because I will eventually. Right now, I'm getting there. And then when it's done and you kind of get thrown to the wolves and you decide you're done with your education, you know, be it higher learning, fucking trade, whatever, you're kind of on your own, you know? No one really tells you how to be, how to act. COVID really, I, you know, I think COVID fucking really... Um, accelerated a lot of younger people's like midlife crises. <laughs> like, yeah, the quarter life crisis is is a real thing. You know, I, I fuck me, I'm the worst for bringing it up for talking about that shit. You know what I mean? Fucking fucking Gen Z kids that talk about you know, or young millennials that talk about that shit are probably the worst. Probably the worst. They're, 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 they're some of the worst people out there, g- generally. People that complain about how hard it is to be young nowadays. Um, but it is fucking... Listen, I, I don't know if we're going to see... I don't know if every generation has fucking ever thought this, but I don't know if we're going to see... I don't know if we're going to see a, a, a world that hasn't completely delved into anarchy by the time I'm my parents' age. Christ, you know? I, I think the West really is going to shit. I do. I think we're fucked. I, I just think, like, China and Russia are going to fucking... I mean, they, they, they have they have their... Listen, say what you want about them, but they've got their people on a fucking 
on a string, man. You know, like like the puppet masters there know what they're doing. They keep him in line. I think that's that's what's gonna be the uh, death of us, man. I think we have too much freedom over here. I love freedom. Um, I'll fight for it. I think we got a little too much of it, though. I think we don't know what to do with it. Uh, and you know what? What? What better is there? <laughs> what? What better? What better alternative is there, right? To absolute freedom and, and, and saying whatever you want. But I think people don't realize how easy we have it here. You know, I think people kind of take it for granted a little bit. I think people have a little too much freedom for their own good. I think people don't quite realize, you know, how how bad it is elsewhere. Um, it's, it's always funny when people come out and just talk about how fucking terrible it is to live in America or to live in the West. You know. As they talk about how terrible the place is without repercussions, without fucking getting the door burst down, right? No one breaks in the door like like they would in China if you came out and criticized the government or whatever. But isn't it more honorable to die a free man in America? Oh yeah, you know. I'd rather die a free man in America. I'd rather see America fucking crumble and burn because everyone will just make their own bed, sleep in it, and say, you know what? I'm dealing with this. It is what it is. I don't care. You know, you got to give people freedom, and if they kill themselves with that freedom, you know, it's survival of the fittest, man. You know, thin the herd. I, I Bill Burr's been saying that for years. I don't think he's wrong when people have so much time on their hands now, and things are so safe that they could ponder some of the things that we're pondering now. I think we, we we've kind of gone beyond the point of philosophy here you know, that is uh, productive to discuss. Is that fair to say? You know, once people start breaking down the confines of identity, be it gender identity, sexual identity, I think we've got too much time on our hands. I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think we, we, we got better things we could be doing than discussing that shit. I think any society that, <laughs> that, just, that dwells on that is, is doomed, you know. Say what you want about Putin. He keeps the gays in line in Russia, baby. Keeps them in line. No gay talk over there. None of that. So a lot of people like Putin, I think. A lot, a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of Republicans in the South, I think, have kind of taken a liking to Putin because they're like, you know what? He's, he stands up to cancel culture because he's not woke. He's not woke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's not, not wrong, you know, but it can go the other way too, right? Where, yeah, sure, maybe it's not good to be obsessed with this shit, you know, woke issues. But to then be so obsessed with countering woke issues to the point that you'll just be like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, Hitler had those, you know, those manifestos and those speeches and those, those, uh, those actions taken against the Jews and, you know, yeah, he waged war and invaded a bunch of countries in Europe, but say what you want about him. When it came to those fucking homo fucks, he wasn't fucking around. You get me? You understand what I'm saying, brother? He sent him right back to Jesus, brother. That's what he did. That's what Hitler did. Um, all right. Well, this is, you know, this is, um, this is what happens when you don't get a guest on for a while. And you just leave a guy to talk by himself to a camera, into a microphone with nobody to cringe and, um, and, and look uncomfortable. 
this is what happens when you take away a co-host who can, um, you know, steer me away from this shit. It'd be nice if there could be like a producer in here to just laugh. Honestly, that would be better instead of just feeling like I'm bombing, talking to the wall about Hitler not being that bad of a guy because he uh, wasn't woke. You know what I'm saying? Um, I can't wait for that to be the joke that gets me kicked off of SNL in 12 years when they hire me Shane Gillis style. You know, it's all satire, man. That's the thing. You can just claim it's all satire. I just put a disclaimer at the start of every podcast. Like, just, this is this is all satire. Nothing I say, nothing I say. I mean, even if I say, like, unironically, I wish Italy were in the World Cup. Satire, still satire. Everything's satire. Nothing's you know, nothing's not satire. Nothing. I mean, nothing. I mean, none of what I say. That is how I will absolve myself of anything I might have ever said on this podcast. Why don't we parlay that into a little cultural talk here? Derby d'Italia at the weekend, Juve-Inter. Juve lose 1-0 to Inter. That's the Juve fans' perspective. Could have also said that Inter beat Juve 1-0. I'm going with Juve lost 1-0 to Inter. Fantastically officiated game. Very impartial. Ref both sides equally. Uh, You know, what was a penalty on one end was very clearly a penalty on the other end. Morally consistent throughout the match. Yeah, great game. I found it funny too how at the start of the game they had those two chicks sing uh, Imagine by John Lennon. Like, like, like why? <laughs> why? Why? What? To show that the league is, you know, I don't know, trying to display some kind of solidarity with Ukraine. Okay, sure, fine. I mean, it was more of a, it was more of a, here's the problem. It was done as more of a, we believe in peace type of thing. And that's just strange. It just is. I don't know why. But anytime anyone now makes a statement saying we want peace, it's like, yeah, okay, sure. It'd be nice if people could not have so much power that they could, you know, summon a military on another country for, I don't know, for, 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 for fucking what, political reasons, for personal motivations. That'd be nice, but we don't live in such a world. So whatever, like, like why now, right? It's bad. What's happening in Ukraine fucking sucks. Why now? Why not when it was happening in Syria and shit? When it was happening in Yemen or when it was happening in, you know, parts of the Middle East for decades, fucking decades. You know what I'm saying? Shit was going on for like, what, 10 years in Afghanistan, at least almost 20 years. How fucking long was that going on? Shit. And what? We fucking never talked about that shit. It was happening. It was real. It's just weird. It's it's like if you're going to pick when to sing Imagine, then do it all the time because bad shit's happening all the fucking time. You know what I'm saying? If you want to talk about, you know, world peace, I mean, it's we're always going to be in a state where there's less peace than we would like, pretty much. If we base, you know, future predictions based on how things have always been uh, in the past, right? Which is to say there's always been some kind of conflict going on in the world, pretty much. And, and again, it's weird to just pick and choose when we care about peace and when we don't, but you know, these fucking, we, you had Gaia, the Italian singer and some Ukrainian singer I'd never heard of who could barely speak English to be fair. It was pretty funny trying to hear her sing credit to her for trying. She really did. But, uh, we had the two of them dressed in white, you know, like doves going to the center of the pitch. 
and I get it, whatever, it's the biggest game in the country, but well, like, why now? You know what I'm saying? Why now? <laughs> it's been going on for a while. The war's been going on for a long time. Why are you trying to make players stand around in, in interlock arms and cry, you know, before going to war with each other, you know, figuratively? It's probably great, great use of that word, Sam, war, nice. Um, <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we've all just kind of unilaterally decided that we're all going to stand with Ukraine. Okay, sure, fine. But, but like, why? It just feels like the thing that we all have to do now, just take a stand, right? Let the world know that we're not really cool with it. Yeah, okay, we got it. You know, how funny would it be if Russia were right and, you, and the Ukrainians were actually a bunch of fucking Nazis like Putin said? How funny would that be? <laughs> Isn't that what he's saying? That the Ukrainians are fucking like, killing people in death camps like the Nazis would? How funny would it be if we were all just the victim of a mass misinformation campaign and Putin was right and he's fighting the good fight right now? <laughs> we're, singing, we're singing Imagine by John Lennon before a, before a football match. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, bro. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? We, these fucking token gestures. Can we not just try to take the guy out? Let's just take him out. You know what I mean? Try to fund an insurgency campaign from the inside and, you know, create a coup d'etat or something. I'm sure I'm sure the military would go against it. I'm sure the military aren't having an especially great time in Ukraine right now getting their ass kicked. <laughs> you know, being spat on by women and children by these civilians as they roam through the streets on their tanks. I don't know feels like it's not it's not a very smart allocation of resources anyway but nevertheless let's talk about the game a little bit a game did take place man this is a weird one so Juve's title chances are done it's over if we had won we'd have had a chance we'd have been within striking distance of Milan uh with a few games left with like what six seven games left now Inter are good for them you know salute Juve had a tough start to the season it's done now it's over just try to finish top four if I'm a Juventino, which I am. That's it. You know, the team doesn't look half bad. They look decent. Uh, you know, nice to see Manuel Locatelli get the Giorgio Chiellini bandage on his head. You know, adds character. It's good. It's the type of shit you want to see over the years from a guy like him that you hope plays for your club for a very long time. But it's over for Juve. It's done now. You hope they can regroup next year and be competitive again. Seems the team is. Um, weird. They kind of turned a bit of a corner in this game, perhaps. It was the most exciting game that we played in a very long time. But, you know, Inter kind of hit Juve with a Juve result, um, which was a 1-0 win in which they kind of were underwhelming and not especially flareful. Juve, on the other hand, had many more chances. It was a very hard-fought game. Paulo Dybala was in tears at the end of it. I thought Rabiot actually had a good match. Lavic, some good movement. Probably would have liked to have had a chance back or two. Listen, man, Alvaro Morata clips Dumfries in the box. It's what happens when you have uh, fucking 10 guys defending Max Allegri style, right? You know, the striker comes back to defend and, uh, you know, he doesn't really know how to defend. He fucking clips the guy in the box and it's a penalty. Which Chesney saved, by the way. Very impressive on the penalties he has been this year. But they had it, they had it retaken, right? For fucking encroachment in the box. What are you going to do, bro? I mean, listen, at the end of the game, toward the end of the game, Bastoni clearly clips Zakaria, doesn't get called in the box. Should have been a penalty. Probably ends 1-1, assuming it gets converted. Mattia De Ciglio gets sent off, you know, like in the tunnel. Whatever, you know. The the, 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 ref, the referee was a little bit, I don't know. 
fucking guy was a little bit. He, he, he was a little bit. He was a little bit harsh toward the Juventini as well. Uh, felt like he was fucking just, just yelling at him, man. Like, 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 like parenting them throughout the game. Felt a little one-sided in that respect. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You know what I'm saying? It's one of those games. Just one once in a while that happens. Where uh, you know it's 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 a little bit sus. You know, it's happened to Juve over the years in our favor. Um, you know, it's the type of shit that, to be fair, would happen a lot more before VAR. What the fuck are you going to do, right? So, you know, it was funny that Matteo De Chilio got sent off at the end of the game, though. You know, it's like just to add insult to injury. <laughs> like, like, bro, come on, really? Like, fucking De Chilio, he's so harmless, bro. What are you doing? You're doing us a favor. Max Allegri's favorite player, Christ. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know, though. We'll see if it's just a blip. I don't know. This whole Allegri experiment is a little bit troubling now, like a year in. He's getting paid a lot of fucking money. Team doesn't look that much worse or better than it did under Andrea Pirlo last year. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder if Andrea Pirlo can have a career as a coach. But, you know, so that was a big game at the weekend, which uh, which didn't go my team's way. But, you know, credit to Inter where it's due. And uh, we had another big, uh, big game. Um from Napoli, man, who came in clutch. Matteo Politano, very nice goal. I have to say, I take exception to a lot of the people that have been saying that Lorenzo Insigne has had a terrible season. I don't get it. Seems a bit revisionist. I don't know if it's because he's going to Toronto at the end of the year. Yeah, he has fewer goals from open play, but he's got 10 goals and 8 assists in what is apparently his worst season for Napoli. And the season isn't even over yet. Come on, bro. I mean, he's very good on set plays, clearly. Uh, and... and Say what you want. It was great vision to find Politano. Nice set play. You know, they'll miss him. They'll miss him a lot. I I'm hoping, again, now that I I'm officially calling you, I've been saying you've air out for months. Secretly, in the back of my mind, I'll be honest. I fucking was kind of hanging on to some little bit of hope. I think it's done now for real. I think Napoli all the way. You know what I mean? From a, from a neutral standpoint, I'd rather see Napoli win the title than Milan. Milan will be competitive for the next few years. They nick one, fuck them, right? Maybe, maybe it'll happen. Let them have it. But, like, for Napoli to win a title, it feels like a lot has to happen. It'd be really nice if it could happen in Insignia's last year. And I've been saying that for a while. They're only one point behind Milan now. And it looks good uh, for Napoli to keep making a title run here. It does. Milan tied Bologna 0-0 on Monday earlier this week. Um, that kit, that kit's getting a lot of shtick. I understand it. My only issue with it is it literally just doesn't look like it will be. Here's the thing, bro. If you ever played soccer, if you ever played football, and you fucking had to play against, like, I don't know, a guy in practice, in training, who had, like, maybe your team didn't have, like, a bunch of bibs or pennies that were all, like, the same exact color. So you'd have greens playing as one team, but you'd have, like, lime greens and, like, forest greens. And you'd be a little bit confused sometimes as to who was on your team because you might have been playing the yellows. So you look up at a guy with like a lime green bib and you're like, oh, is he on my team? Just for half a second, it makes you hesitate. I'm telling you, these kits, these wild kits with like the, the white splatter top and bottom just look so strange. Um, I don't know. I, I want like they, they look strange on the field. I wonder, I wonder, at, you know, at field level, they look strange on the field from, you know, the viewer standpoint. From pitch, you know, pitch side, I wonder how they would look, honest to God. But I'm telling you, Matt. It's it's. I I'm 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 calling this now. They're they're gonna play like shit whenever they fucking have those jerseys. I think it's also a bad omen to have too much white on your jersey when your name is 
Rossonero. Now, that shit doesn't bother me, but it bothers fans. It bothers Italians. It bothers weird Mediterranean Europeans who are incredibly superstitious for reasons that I've never really understood. It's just a cultural thing. But, yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Look, it's... it's, it's 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 um it's tough on them to have to have not gotten the result, but it feels like it really feels like man like like if Inter hadn't gone through that really tough stretch of struggling to win a game, they should have. I mean they 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 be cruising they be cruising to Scudetto right now after this Juve win, but it is fairly tight. It is fairly tight. Four points separate Milan from Inter uh, from first through third. And Inter have a game in hand, so it'll be exciting to see how this all fucking pans out. But yeah, Juve are done. Eight points back, it's over. Over for them. Almost guaranteed it now. It's too bad. You know, that was the game to win at the weekend. They fucking lost it. Bad luck. What are you going to do? You know, I think it's indicative of how good Juve have been the last decade that Inter won this game. And, you know, it's being called one of the, you know, one of the, one of the, the biggest wins they've had in their recent history. Okay, you know, sure. Juve have beaten Inter a fucking a fucking lot more than Inter have beaten Juve in the last ten years. So whatever, you know, I'm not even that pissed about it, bro. Here's the thing: to be honest with you, it all feels so fucking trivial. the The concept of of club football right now feels so pointless. I was talking about this with um with uh, uh actually Nick Nick Di Giovanni from uh the Cultural Guys podcast who who lives like nearby me. Uh, in in Montreal and and he was trying to like get something together for uh, the Inter game at the weekend for a bunch of Juve fans in Montreal and it fell through and I wasn't able to go but uh, I didn't know if it was happening or not so I texted him and said hey is that is that thing happening did you wind up putting it together and he said no no I have a family thing um, you know I can't make it but yeah I don't know we we kind of agreed like yeah this all feels weird like just as well, just as well that neither of us is going to be going to an event or something. Like neither of us really give a shit about the game right now. <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be the biggest game of the season, but Italy not qualifying for the World Cup feels a lot bigger. Now, I'm bothered by something. Okay, I'm bothered by the fact that it seems that we've moved on too quickly. By we, I mean Italians. By by we, I mean the people I've seen in Italy that cover the sport. There's definitely a lot of anger, but it feels like. There's not like this big fucking dark cloud looming over our head like four years ago. I don't like that. That tells me that this is becoming a habit or something. And to be fair, it kind of has. I mean, it kind of has. We know how to deal with it now. We know how to deal with the emotions. That's not good. When you have coping mechanisms for something, you start to kind of accept it a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? If your wife cheats on you every fucking week and you stick with her, it's going to hurt a lot less the 69th time. Tee Honestly, it's the first number that came to my head. I guess it's topical. But it's going to hurt a lot more the 69th time than the first time, right? You know what I mean? The first time you're like, oh, what the fuck, right? She's like, listen, I really want to do this, man. You know, can you let me have this? You know, I'll be a hot wife, please, for the kids. You say fine. And every time it hurts, but you know, you're like, well, whatever. I'd rather you not, but if you have to, fuck it, go do it. The first time, it was a lot harder to accept. I don't know why it's the first example that came to my head. I was thinking about cucks and hot wives earlier in the week. I'm not into that shit. Uh, I would not be a cuck. My ego is too big. But, you know, I was thinking about it. I don't want to say I'm fantasizing about this. My girlfriend listens to the pod. Fuck off. You know, keep your hands off her. I'll kill you. 
But, uh, you know, um, again, my, my ego's too big. I would never fucking do that. You got to be a, dude, you got to be a psycho to be into that shit, bro. To see your old lady get railed, you gotta be a fucking you gotta be a fucking head case to be into that shit, man. We will never stop laughing at cucks on this podcast. It's one of the it's one of the one of the things that General Eddie and I consistently always like to laugh about. I think um, over the years, what was I even saying? I don't remember. Oh fuck yeah! Like look, so it's happened again failed to qualify again for a World Cup and it feels like we kind of have to move on now um, because it's happened before. So it's kind of like more of a roll of the eyes now and it's less of a on the knees, you know, just just screaming at the sky, waving a fist at the clouds, you know, or just rocking in the fetal position back and forth, sucking our thumb like it might have four or five years ago. But it really should feel that way. Now, I'm not liking the revisionist history as well when it comes to uh, Italy and this whole perceived issue that the national team has right now. Um, we're going after revisionists here on this pod. We're going after people that have been revisionist about Lorenzo Insigne. And now we're going after people that have kind of shifted their tone about Italy and La Nazionale because gli Azzurri were on the tip of everyone's tongue in the last year for all the right reasons and I mean, it wasn't really until like a couple of weeks ago that people started to freak out. And really, I would argue that, yes, people were very upset when Jorginho missed a penalty against Switzerland in November. Very pissed. But people didn't, I mean, it didn't really sink in then. It should have. It should have. But I don't think it did yet. Not enough. Not in the minds of enough people. Some people were saying, this is bad. Um, this is terrible. We're, we're in a very dangerous spot. And it's true, we were. But I don't think it really sank in for a lot of people until... Macedonia scored in the 92nd minute two weeks ago to send us out of the World Cup. And we were like, holy shit, we're right back where we were. How the fuck did this happen? And then the blame game started. But I am of the firm belief that we are not as bad a team as everyone seems to now think. I mean, everyone was bullish on us months ago. It's not without good reason, okay? Did Roberto Mancini get more out of the side than he might have been expected to at the Euro? Yeah, he did. But is it still a top side in world football, international football? Yes, it is. They could be competitive any day and beat any team. So as much as we want to criticize Italian talent, we still have Italians that play at elite levels throughout Europe and mostly in Italy. The cases made are true. There should be more Italian talent coming through. And the way that we... Nurture, it sucks. It's why the pool of youth players who are like studs coming through are not, I mean, it's it's pretty thin. It's why we cling to guys like Moise Keane still, who's not had a great season, who's had a very up and down past three seasons, you know, for Everton, PSG, and Juve, respectively. Three different clubs he's bounced around. Can he still pan out? Yeah, you know, he's like 22 years old. He could look very good in four years, but let's be honest, he's not really a young prospect anymore. He was at one point. He was exciting. He was brought in first-team football. He made it in first-team football. That's good. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the next best thing since sliced bread or he's going to win a Ballon d'Or, which is kind of the implication when a guy... I mean, it feels like it feels like a thing that happens more in Italy than in other countries just because there are fewer Italian stars that come through at such a young age 
I think every country's guilty of this. Everyone hypes up their young players, but because there are fewer in Italy that tend to come through, I think we do it a little bit more. It's my two cents. I live in this bubble, right? I watch Italian football, so that's what makes sense to me. But uh, it's the reality that I feel I've observed anyway. But like, again, I think too much emphasis is put on the guys that do come through or too much expectation is put on them by us, the fans, the viewers. Um, you know, I don't think Roberto Mancini's wrong to not have called up Moiskin, for example, right? In recent months, very much. When he was doing well a couple years ago, he got called up fairly, did all right. Then he fell off a little bit at club level, hasn't really been playing as well, and he hasn't been getting called up to the Italian national team. And that makes sense because you can only kind of assume that the guy's going to be able to play at the level that he's been playing recently at. So, you know, because again, we're not fucking Bulgaria who are always going to call up like the one guy that plays for Juventus because he plays for Juventus. No, like we, we have enough depth in Italian football that we could call up other very competent players. But again, like, there aren't a ton of young players that are coming through because they don't get nurtured properly. We discussed this last week. We're doing it in a bit more of a calm fashion now, but they get loaned to City at B or City at G a lot of the time. There isn't a B team system like there is in Spain, which seems to be the thing that everyone points to. I think they have it in Germany as well. Um, whatever, you know... Is the B team system really going to change a whole lot? I just think I think there's more of a a culture of of allowing guys to grow and develop within the club that they came through, rather than sending them off elsewhere. Um, you know, whatever people are pointing to Pedri and Gavi, these two kids, um, legal children when they started playing football for Barcelona, like you know. Making me feel old, you know. At the age that they're at, making obscene amounts of money before they've even located the clitoris. But the point is, the point is, it's true. We don't develop talent very well at the moment. We develop it well, but we don't, I should say, we don't, we develop it well, but we don't quite um, bring them to maturity well. I think that's fair. Uh, I think that's accurate. But, like... So, so what is the point? It's, it's not because we didn't have 18, 19, 20-year-olds that were, you know, ready to go that we didn't qualify for the World Cup. We had players that should have fucking qualified for the World Cup and once there, been competitive, gotten out of their group, whatever group they were in, and won a couple of knockout games. That's what team we have right now. They failed, they played below their level, and I maintain that it is because of the fact that they were living they were living with the trauma of a few years ago. They were dealing with that trauma. And part of it is just the randomness of football and the fact that two missed penalties kind of cost us the first place in our group, right? It sucks, it's shitty. Sometimes you tie games to teams that fucking suck ass. Sometimes you'll tie Bulgaria and sometimes you'll tie Northern Ireland. But what you can't do is you can't miss two penalties in deciding games when the penalty will... Swing the tie. Jorginho's got to live with that for the rest of his life. I think his international career is done. I think it should be done. There's nothing more he could offer to the team now. It's done. It's over. 
sucks it has to end on such a bittersweet note and it will for a lot of guys i think some of them will want redemption i think that might not be good i think a lot of them are selfishly going to want to stick around then it's on mancini to say fuck you guys i'm moving on and to be fair that's what yogi love did a few years ago now i don't know if he's a good example to compare any manager of my my country right to i don't know if i want Roberto Mancini to aspire to be exactly like him because in the end it all kind of fell to shit and it felt sort of like his fault but I wonder why that is I mean he tried to kind of usher in new blood of which there was a lot of to pick from by freezing out the old guard Muller I think Homos and Boateng as well that wasn't well received people thought it you know it was insane because they were still you know, relatively competent players with a lot to give. In retrospect, is it that dumb a decision? I mean, they won everything. They won the World Cup together. What the fuck more are you going to do? You know, it's not often that you get like a dynasty like Spain where you're going to go and win multiple tournaments in a row. The stars kind of align there. The guys were young enough that the first time they won a tournament, they, they, they still had a lot more to give. I mean, just... It's just a fact. Andres Iniesta was at the perfect age, you know, to go on the run he went on at that time. Xavi, likewise. It's, 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 you know, and then, and then it, they fizzled out in 2014, right? Remember, guys, they didn't get out of the fucking group. Do you guys remember that shit? It's what tends to happen, it seems. You're, you're, you're overly loyal to the group that won. And then, you know, the world has kind of moved on. They're four years older. They've maybe, you know, not necessarily gotten better in the four years, right? They're not turning 20 in four years. They were 16 four years ago. No, they're, you know, they're 32 and they were 28 four years ago. The body starts to go slowly, differently at different paces for different people. But ultimately, like, we all get there in the end. So, I mean, we saw it with Italy in 2010. We saw it with Spain in 2014. And we saw it with Germany in 2018, and I wonder how France will do now in 2022 uh, this year. The thing is, I think a lot of that core, I mean, the French are so prolific at producing different fucking talent, and you never know. But, I mean, look, if Olivier Giroud is going to be there, who the fuck knows? I don't I don't know, man, you know. That's a weird one. You know, the best center forward in the world, Karim Benzema, is French. He'll probably be there, right? It's actually an upgrade. On Giroud. It's weird. I, I don't know. I mean, if anyone's going to break that cycle, you'd think it's France. I mean, to, to, to be fair, it's not normal. You don't expect the champion of the previous World Cup to not make it out of the group. It's happened three World Cups in a row, but it's not supposed to happen, right? So, look, man, I, I, I think we should all be more mad about us not qualifying than we seem to be at the moment. And I know you all are, you know, but I think we need to think about it and kind of sulk in it a little bit more. And not ask questions like, what do we need to do differently? Okay, sure, sure. If I can do things differently, if you think that there are improvements that could be, you know, made to Italian football and how it ultimately benefits our national team, which is in crisis right now. It really is. European champions, but in crisis. Sure. But let's also acknowledge the fact that it was just a, a complete failure and a complete fuck up because of who was available. It's worse than four years ago because the team was better. The manager was better. Punte basta. You know, so. But 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 you guys don't get to be 
you know, celebrating. I mean, you, you could do anything. You'd be fucking stupid if you want, but you, this is the wording I'll go with. You guys don't get to fucking praise them to the gills and, and, and think that they're one of the best teams in the world and then four months later say, we have a real issue in Italian football, you know, and just kind of regurgitate things that you see journalists saying. I mean, like, I think a lot of people, to be fair, to their credit, have been saying for a while that there are issues in Italian football that need to be rectified. Whether we qualify for the World Cup or not, those shouldn't change. That's all. At least we got to win a Euro despite the fact that we have cultural problems from a footballing standpoint in Italy. You know, we won it without a ton of wonder kids, really. Without any wonder kids, really, right? Um, you know, and, and, and that's it. That, that's all there is to it at the moment. We have talent coming through, but not a ton. Not a ton of super young 16, 17, 18, 19-year-old talent that, that's ready to make the jump right now. They're a little bit older. They're at the point that they should be given their age. The thing is, we kind of fucking forget how old they are, and we think, oh, you know, they're young. Because these fucking tags we, we hear all the time. Listen, Gianluca Scamacca, Nicolo Zagnolo, and Giacomo Raspadori should all be playing at the level they're at right now, which is good, decent, you know, solid. They're very important players for their club teams, and they're, 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 they're dominating the league. It's good. It's what they should be doing. You know, if they were 17 and doing it, then it'd be a bigger deal. They're not. You know, the best players play well at that age, typically. We need to set a bar that is high and we need to kind of entrust young players if they are to have any chance of, you know, playing playing for the best teams in City. Yeah, that's just a fact. That's on managers, sure. But the only way you're going to really incentivize managers to do anything is if you force them to or if you create like some kind of like bonus or incentive of some kind. But really the only thing to do is to put rules in place. You know, and, 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 and people will say that that's a bad idea. Listen, man, I said this before. I said it on the pod last week, but football is a, a, a closed system. It's not, you know, it, it could be a boys club if we want it to be. It doesn't have to be fucking free market economics here. We're, we're, not, we're not dictating, you know, how people spend their money, right? How, how, how the average Joe fucking, how much the average Joe fucking gets taxed and how much he, he chooses to spend of, 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 of his, you know, of his revenue, of his, of his income. This is different, okay? We're not over-regulating football necessarily if we're putting rules in place that allow us to attain a specific goal. The goal is you want more Italians to play in the league? Fine. Now, the theory, the hypothesis is if more Italians are playing, then more of them will make a jump and, and be available for selection for the national team and that'll be good. Okay, maybe. That's possible. We don't know that. But if we you know, assume that the hypotheses might be proven correct, then... All we're trying to do is get more Italians into the league. Set rules. It's not that complicated, right? But yeah, guys, get get pissed. Get more fucking pissed about it. Think about it. Listen to Italian radio and shit. You know, I, I don't know. Read articles. Complain. Uh, sulk in it. You guys, we, we, we need to be miserable for, about this. We, 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 we really do. So that's it, man. You know. What else, bro? By the way, Villarreal beat Bayern 1-0 the other day. 
I feel a lot better about myself as Juventino. I fucking hope that Villarreal will win the Champions League. I fucking hope to God. But it's like incredible. It's like, it's like these fucking these teams that go on these these Cinderella runs every year. It's always Juve that they beat. It's always fucking Juve. And again, I, we've established I don't give a fuck about Juve anymore at the moment because I'm worried about bigger things, which is you know, just to say international football because I believe that international football is bigger than club football right now, right? Because it's, you know, I don't know. Club football feels more about now when you compare it to the fact that really an entire country is pissed off about something to do with football and their people, right? It, it really is different. It's more culturally significant, I think, on a on a macro scale. But, uh, oh, dude, by the way, so speaking of us not qualifying for the World Cup, I was laughing last week because I noticed that Shiva, the rapper, um, put out music. Because Recall, we went out on a Thursday. Right, a few hours before midnight in Italy. And at midnight on Friday, music often gets released. A lot of rappers will release music. This guy had a single and he was promoting it <laughs> that day. Bro, I mean, you gotta think, like, that that's tough, man. He should have like who whoever thought that one out didn't think it out far enough. They should have fucking seen that Italy was playing a soccer game that if they lost, they would have been out of the World Cup. Right and and they should have said fuck it, move it, don't risk it, move it a week, defer it, push it back. You, it's such a bad move to have to fucking do any kind of publicity when you live in a country that's collectively publicly mourning. I was thinking about this, bro. Just imagine how stupid he had to feel when fucking the day after, when everyone was in a fucking shit mood, everyone was fucking probably depressed, bro, at school, at work, whatever. You go into the office, everyone's fucking pissed. And fucking, you go open your phone, right? <laughs> His group chats are probably all fucking, everyone's fucking like, no, non ci credo. Uh, it's the end of the world. And then he's got to fucking go out on Instagram and fucking promote his shit. And like bump his, 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 his music video. <laughs> probably feel so stupid, but probably feel like he was selling his soul a little bit when he was doing that. You know what I mean? Selling your soul for the music. Like, oh, fuck, I really don't want to have to do this. But, uh, okay. Weraga, echo, echo mio nuovo single. You know, blow it up. Fuck you. You know what I'm saying? I had to have done terribly on that first day. Honestly, I have no way of proving this. I have no uh, way of even... I, I, don't know, I don't know how I would even verify this. I don't know how I could even check for my own curiosity. But I'm convinced that it's going to be a terrible year for Italian rap and music. Just because I think no World Cup this year, I think is going to be a fucking big blow to the uh, collective psyche of everybody. And you know what it is? I think, like, Body, that Body remix by Rondo da Sosa and Capo Plaza, it's toast now. You're never going to hear it again. It's over. You're forever going to associate it with Euro 2020 in 2021. Uh, which is a shame because if Italy had made the World Cup this year, that song would still be like hot enough that it would make the rounds on TikTok again. It's not gonna. It's done. It's over. Uh, Quale dieta by that guy. Um, what was his name? Uh, Luca something. The fucking clown from Naples. Uh, I think it's Luca Sole di Notte. I could be wrong. But that, that song, Ma quale dieta, me piace ne puppetta, me piace godoletta, agna magna ne quadratenga, ma me sunghisetta. You knew exactly what song it was after I said, Ma quale dieta, but I sang the whole rest of it because it's a lot of fun. 
unfortunately, we're not going to be able to sing that song no more. It's done. It's over. It's toast. Also, forever associated with Euro 2020. Trend is done. You know what I'm saying? It, it sucks. Like that, that whole team needs to be disbanded. We need to forget about them, pretend it never even happened. We need to, or, we, or rather, I should say, we should cling on to it for what it was, right? Which was a great time, a great summer. We should, you know, a little tip of the cap. Thanks for the, uh, the memories. Thanks for the trophy. You know, we'll keep it with us forever. Time to move on. That whole group, toast. Um, and, 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 and yeah, look, it, and it's, frankly, it's very bad for, uh, for podcasts like me that when it's convenient, talk about, talk about football. The Euro was a lot of fun. It really was. I was looking forward to it again this year. We would have had a lot to talk about in the build up to it. It just sucks. It, 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 it's, it's not good for the entire community. I maintain that. And, and it fucking is especially bad for young kids who won't get to, uh, you know, see a fucking world cup. That's important. That's very important. We risk losing a generation of, 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 of young kids here who will not grow up with any such experiences. It's, it's awful. It really is. Uh, when you think about when you're a, you know, a country like Italy, whose, whose, whose culture is so, I mean, I mean, it's, it's joined to the hip with football, you know, it's part of the identity really in a lot of ways is, is, is the success of the national team. Football generally, I think, uh, and and the, the the health of the league is definitely tied to, you know, um, um, perception of, of 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 the game in the country. But the biggest thing it has to be the national team because it's the thing that drags, you know, in the most collateral fans with it, right? Which is just the regular citizen who doesn't necessarily like die for a club, you know, sort of a a casual fan. So whatever, you know, what are you gonna do? Um. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? No, that, that, that was that was a good little cultural segment there, that we uh, that we that we did. But let's get to some news. Let's get to some other stuff. Let's get to some other topics and shit. You know, I'm not gonna go too long here, but we we have a couple of things we got to get to here. A couple of observations, a couple of thoughts, and one thing in particular, one story. Not also not an uplifting story. I ain't gonna lie, but um, one story that uh, a, a listener sent in to me that I didn't want to bring up last week because of the. Uh, fucking chaos of uh, of you know the World Cup debacle that I I had to get to, but we're gonna we're gonna get to the story in a sec. First, I want to talk about something. Uh, and this isn't a sponsored segment. This is um you know I you know I'd like to say no free ads, but when something cool is happening that I'm uh, excited about or that I believe in or that I that, that I you know that that I think warrants uh, a little a little nudge, I'll talk about it. Um, so I know a lot of the listenership isn't necessarily in Montreal, but regardless, you know, still a cool thing going on in my area. You might be interested in hearing about this. If not, if you are in Montreal, all the better. You know what I'm saying? So, um, man, there is a showcase that'll be taking place next month in Montreal at McGill Stadium, my alma mater, shout out, uh, whereby a bunch of NCAA teams, a bunch of uh, Canadian universities and a couple of pro teams from USL two, USL one, so the fourth and third division in uh, in the U.S. respectively, uh, as well as a club currently at least one club from USL Championship, right? So that's the second division in the U.S. Uh, are confirmed. We've also got a Canadian Premier League team confirmed. I believe Pacific are going to be sending reps, so a team from out in British Columbia, and representatives from Toronto FC, so an MLS, the club who obviously Lorenzo Insigne is going to be signing for. Uh, will all be present at a showcase at McGill Stadium from 
uh, May 21st through 23rd. So 21, 22, 23. Uh, cool event going on for, I believe, 350 bucks, which is not cheap, I'll admit. But if it's, you know, if you believe in yourself, you back yourself, you think you've, you, you know, you're, you're kind of, all you need is, is, You've been training really fucking hard. You're a younger player, but all you really are looking for is just an opportunity to be seen. This could be that for you. I think it's 100% worth it if you're going to pay, uh, you know, three, four hundred bucks for 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 a chance if you actually are 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 good and back yourself. Um, really cool thing going on whereby representatives from all these teams are going to be uh, just scouting out for talent. Really, uh, so a couple games are going to be taking place. I think over the first couple days, then on the third day, they're going to invite guys back based on performance and what's really cool about it is like a lot of showcases guys fucking suck okay like I was never really I was never really good enough to you know even consider anything like that like I was never scouted or anything I wasn't playing it you know I was I was I wasn't playing it like a level where like at 17 18 I was I was you know looking to go to college which is what a lot of people do here or get signed by a club or go abroad I wasn't that good I was very small but some guys are like under, I was underdeveloped. Why am I making excuses? This isn't about me. Who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? Most of you guys fucking suck at football anyway too, right? Relatively. But um, look, one thing I noticed though is a lot of the kids I played with who were a little bit, you know, more ambitious at the time wanted opportunities and they didn't really know what to do. So they would quit and that sucks, right? Um, a lot of them still play and are very good and they play at like competitive amateur levels, but they don't, I mean, they, they, they never really got an opportunity to go pro. Now, the thing is, a lot of showcases have taken place in North America over the years, man, and a lot of them fucking suck. A lot of them are cash grabs. I can't promise you that the representatives from these teams are going to be going with the intention of signing kids to pro contracts, but I know that at least NCAA teams are very seriously, generally always looking to scout, and that's a great opportunity. You can get a ride at a school uh, that'll allow you to play competitive football. A lot of, you know, a lot of the best players in the NCAA program do go on to have pro careers, which is really cool. So it's a thing going on in Montreal. It's going to be organized by a local guy who's going to be coming on the podcast next week. His name is Noah Eisenberg. He's a pro uh, who's played out in Europe for the past couple of years. He's a local guy. We know a lot of people in common. We train with the same uh, trainer. Uh, you know, you guys remember the the the, the, the whole goalkeeper rebrand from last year. It's still going on, by the way. By the way, my, my fucking trainer's a god. He fucking worked me really well, and I, I wound up playing a whole season in goal last year, and I, I'm jumping up a level this year. I got roped back into football, into uh, competitive soccer, uh, when I thought I was kind of going to be taking a step back and retiring and just playing, like, fucking playing regional football. I, I now got suckered back into playing provincial football, which is a bigger deal here. Um... It's because I credit, like, I, I credit the fucking trainer I had last year a whole lot. Um, Simo, great guy. Well, he actually trains Noah as well. So through him, we've kind of, like, I, I guess our, our paths have kind of crossed and just people we know in common just through, like, football here locally. And he's a great guy from what I understand. So he'll, he'll be coming on the pod, uh, which will be really cool. He's playing out in Gibraltar this year, which is a really cool place to play football because it's a really small spot. Uh, I think all the games also take place at the same pitch in the same stadium, so that'll be kind of cool just to kind of pick his brain a little bit, we'll fuck around, shoot the shit next week in studio, it'll be a lot of fun, but he'll also talk a little bit about, um, you know, the project, but yeah, it'll be more of a, just, a, just a pod with a pro player, which will be a lot of fun, but um, I, I do want to just shout this out, so if you guys want to kind of look into this a little bit more, it is called Find Me Showcases, so again, that'll be taking place in Montreal next month, if you're a younger player, you fancy 
yourself, you know, um, you want to have a crack, you want to have a crack at it right in front of a bunch of guys that are going to be looking to scout. It sounds like it's going to be a great opportunity, and the level's going to be pretty good. I think, like, anyone could sign up, hypothetically, but, I mean, they're going to kind of segregate you guys by level. And, like, just for perspective, one guy I know is a little brother who plays out in Spain, who plays in the fourth tier there, is coming back. He'll be looking for a contract. He's going to be looking to put on a good performance. Like, he's a fucking really serious player, and I know that typically you're going to be getting guys of his ilk. So if you're at that level, like, don't think that this is going to be a bunch of just dusters that are going to be going out and... You know, just just fucking you know, taking each other's legs out and not impressing anyone. No, like if if you're a serious player, you'll have other players of a you know com- really competitive caliber that you'll be able to go up against and kind of showcase your ability against. What's really cool about this is the fact that typically these fucking showcases suck. Um, they really are cash grabs in that you don't have a whole lot of people that are there. Period. But oftentimes there are not a lot of people that are actually there to uh, scout one or the other but sometimes you'll just like have agents bro it's not the same as when you actually have clubs that are there uh and 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 yeah i I encourage anyone to fucking go check it out it'll be a lot of fun to talk uh you know a little bit about it with next week with noah but i I just i'm personally like on a local you know i'm i'm a a local guy Uh, you know i've kind of played football here for a while and i know what it's like it's really tough to get opportunities out in canada it really is it's why it's a big deal that the canadian national teams made the you know the world cup now is because for a long time the program sucked there were players that would play football here but they would eventually just quit um because of lack of opportunity so this is just a small thing going on in the grand scheme of things but it could be very big for you and uh, i encourage you guys to check it out again it's called find me showcases we'll be chatting about it a little bit more next week with noah and you know uh, what's really cool about it also is like um uh, you know, a lot of people here fucking Toronto FC is going to be there and they think what like a first division team is going to be looking to scout random kids uh, in Montreal well first of all maybe you know they could sign you to an academy or to their academy right they, they have youth teams but you got to bear in mind TFC also has uh, second teams and third teams that play down the pyramid in the US that play in I believe um, the USL in the second division so that's you know there's a system in place there whereby they might actually if you're at the level they might look to you know you never know they they might look to sign you and and get you into the system there so again encourage you guys all to check that out it's a cool thing that's happening here locally i'm fired up for local kids about the fact that they're gonna have that opportunity um okay dude a listener sent me this i don't even know what to make of this but this, this is a fucked up story all right get this so this happened in italy which is why it was sent to me. And I need to see a true crime documentary about this, bro. And I don't even like true crime. I'm not a woman, you see. True crime is for women. It it really is. It's for women that like to fantasize about, you know, shit that can happen to them or shit that they might like to do to their husband, right? Kind of almost living vicariously through these stories is what I I think. It's also, I think it also kind of feeds into their paranoia, their constant paranoia they have about getting raped and murdered. So that's, that's my theory anyway. I can't prove that. But that, that's what I think. So um, anyway, uh, a man who murdered an Italian Dutch porn. Okay, by the way, I'm, I'm reading this article here. You're going to notice this doesn't sound like me. I'm reading, okay? Excuse me. A man who murdered an Italian Dutch porn star and then impersonated her to throw journalists off the scent was arrested on Tuesday after confessing to chopping her into more than a dozen pieces and storing her in a freezer at her home. Police said that a Milanese banker Davide Fontana, it actually says bank employee, so he could have been a, you know, he could have been a, a loan officer, I don't know, I like to say banker because it makes him sound more mysterious, it makes him sound like Italian psycho, 
You know what I'm saying? 43. So Davide Fontana, 43, admitting to killing Carol Maltesi, a 26-year-old performer known as Charlotte Angie, with a hammer in January. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not proud of this, but whenever I hear that a porn star dies, especially if I hear that they get murdered, but sometimes a porn star will die, whatever, they, they overdose, and I never heard of them. Now, my first instinct, you see, it's to go watch them or to look them up at least or to see what they've done, to see who they might have performed with. I don't know. See what they look like. I don't even watch that much porn. Like, just watch them fully clothed. Like, I just like to just see their body at work. It's an instinct I have. I don't know why, but it's a real thing that I do. I, you know, again, fully clothed. I just like, like just out of curiosity for research, for literal research. I know people say that with porn. That's, you know, whatever. It almost feels like it'd be a little disrespectful to keep your clothes on, frankly, while watching their body of work after they've died. Um, you know, it doesn't honor the art form. It doesn't honor them and their career and their life. And the most important thing you see is if you're just watching it, I mean, I guess a click is a click, but I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit more value to it if you're actually getting some kind of pleasure out of it because the thinking there is, well, if you liked it, maybe you'll go back again and you see they have an estate, right? They probably have a kid. So this girl, this poor lady, she actually has a she has a child, right? So you're kind of helping that kid out, right? You're kind of helping the estate out um, by going and providing royalties to this orphan now. So I haven't done that with her, but that was my first instinct is, oh, I wonder who the fuck it was. But because I'm a, you know, because I'm a good person, I thought, oh, that's wrong. I shouldn't do that. You know, just, 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 just control your urges. You're not an animal, right? I'm just sharing with you that that's how my brain works because I suspect that a lot of you freaks probably are the same way. Now, let's continue. So Mr. Fontana, who was her neighbor and friend, cut her into pieces and put the dismembered body in a freezer that he installed in her house. Wow. And even paying her rent and responding to messages on her phone to trick people into thinking she was still alive. That's really creepy, okay? But that's a guy who's really fucking diligent at his job, man. That's a guy you want as an employee if he's going to put that level of fucking dedication in to throw people off the scent of something you might have done. Imagine if you commit, like, white-collar crime with this guy and he's going to fucking go to those kind of lengths. I mean, dude, like he's installing a freezer in the house. He's answering texts. He's paying the rent. So he's committed to it. It almost makes you wonder how premeditated it might have been. You know what I mean? But to be fair, like I, I, I do kind of feel for this guy because if you, if he did it in a fit of rage or whatever, you know what I mean? It's with a hammer. That doesn't feel premeditated. That feels more like an anger-induced thing. Now, is he schizophrenic, bipolar? I don't know, right? Did Big Pharma fail him? You know, I don't know. But all I'm saying is, <clears throat> all I'm saying is, when you do something regretful, have you ever like called, have you ever like snapped back at, at, at somebody, whatever, you know, a referee in a game, your mother, your brother, whatever, you call your sister a bitch or something, and then you instantly regret it. You can't take it back. Once it's said, it's said. Once she's murdered, she's murdered. What are you going to do? Well, he could at least be like, well, that was probably a bit rash of me. Let me try to rectify this. Let me try to patch this fucking, you know, patch this up, put the pieces back together, try to complete this puzzle. You know what I'm saying? He completed a puzzle. He dropped it. Boom. Pieces are all over the floor. Well, hold on. Okay. We might've lost a few pieces, but let's try to put everything that we still have here back together. This might be salvageable. All right. We're going to buy time at least. So I understand why he might've done that, paying the rent and all that. It makes sense. So 
It is a little fucked up, though. Imagine you're sending her a text, you know. You're her mother, her father, right? I mean, you know, is, it, is it a bit of a jump of me to assume that a porn star has a father in her life that's texting her that has that kind of relationship? Maybe. Maybe it is a bit of a jump. Maybe it would be reasonable to assume that she's very close with her father and perhaps that's actually a reason why she went into porn. I don't know. I never really understood what daddy issues were, you see. Uh, it could go one way or the other. It could be literally too close or not enough proximity. I don't know. But 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 anyway, look, let's uh let's continue here. So she was not reported as missing until she didn't turn up to an event at a lap dancing club in mid-March, prompting Mr. Fontana to dump her body in bin bags off a mountain uh in the Brescia province, two hours from Milan. Her body was found eight days ago by a passerby who spotted a hand with purple glitter nail polish, but she was not immediately identifiable, so police put out a description that included details of her 11 tattoos in the hope that someone might recognize her. Not long after, Andrea Tortelli, journalist in Brescia, received a tip-off about her real identity. He contacted acquaintances uh, of Maltesi, who's the porn star, who said she also had a young son uh, reportedly living with a male relative. Great. Now I feel like a piece of shit. Okay. Well, we're going to keep all this in anyway. She has a son. Okay. What are you going to do? Life goes on. No one had seen her recently, but they shared images, her real name, and a phone number. Eventually, people tried reaching out to her, and uh, this guy, the guy who killed her, on her phone answered messages saying, yeah, you know, I, I've seen all the news. Yeah, it's weird. This all kind of coincides with, with me and my physical description. Fortunately, I'm fine. People eventually didn't buy it. They called the cops. The guy got arrested. See, this is what happens when we take a nice backwards country like Italy, okay, who closed shops and businesses from 2 to 5 in the afternoon or 1 to 4 in the afternoon, whatever it is, you know, and we we, we impose capitalism on them and we tell them, you, you know, you got to go move to Milan and you need to work in a bank. Eventually, you're going to have some people that slip through the cracks and that snap. That's just a fact. That's what we're seeing here. That's It's a real shame, I got to say. It's, 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 See, like, if, if this guy lived in, like, Provincia di Lecce, at the heel, in the heel of the boot, I think that's a province in, in Puglia, must be, it's a big city down there, if he lived, like, he's from Bari, I don't think he does this, I'm gonna be honest with you, if he's a banker in Bari, I think he's taking two-hour lunch every single day at a trattoria, um, he doesn't know what the menu is. He walks in. He knows the owner. He knows his wife. What's on the menu today? Oh, well, you know, we got we, we got pasta fagioli. We got this. We, a couple of options. Okay, give me this. Don't worry. Well, whatever's good today. It's a much more dignified, calm life, isn't it? Than being a banker in Milan. You know what I'm saying? If he was a farmer, I don't think he would have done this. I think he would have, you know, he was a little bit crazy maybe. He gets the malocchio done. He goes to a local witch. He maybe talks to his priest. You know, Italy have kind of lost their ways a little bit. That's what this is. It's a shame. You know, l'italiano, Toto Cotugno. 
Un giorno taglio gli spaghetti al dente, un patrigiano come presidente, nella mano destra, nella finestra. Come on, man. Like, this isn't that. This isn't that at all. Milan is, dude, if you've been in Milan, Milan is like Paris now. Milan is like London. It's seamless. Can't even tell the difference between the two cities. It's a real shame. You know, I knew Milan was going to hell when I knew that their soccer teams, their fans didn't quite hate each other. That's not good. That's not good. You need a little bit, you need an outlet to let out your anger in society. You need like to want to stab someone in the neighborhood over because you live in a working class neighborhood and he's in a, a more, you know, gentrified, upper class, affluent neighborhood and you just hate him. You let all your hatred out toward them. You keep it local. You don't think about the macro-political climate. You're not thinking about global affairs. You just live in your own little world and you go after the people that you grew up learning to hate because your father hated them. I think Italy's kind of at risk. You know, I say this lightly, but I think Italy's at risk of losing that that beautiful anger that defines a lot of people in their little town, I think. Um, you know, they're losing the church a little bit. It's not good. You work on Sundays and shit. You're taking calls. You're taking emails on Sunday. You, you want to you have a fucking more traditionalist life if you want to avoid this type of shit. You will snap. You will tip the fuck over and implode. I mean, that's didn't Matt McConaughey's character say that in The Wolf of Wall Street? I think Hannah, Hannah was his name. Didn't Hannah say that? You work on Wall Street. Hey, hey man, you're going to work on Wall Street. You're going to tip the fuck over if you don't jerk off or whatever. You know, you could jerk off. That's true. You know, you could also, you could also, you know, fantasize about, about killing people in the town over. The thing is you never do it, right? That's the thing. You need an outlet. You need a fucking outlet. The, pro the problem is, in Milan, fans of Inter and fans of Milan don't actually hate each other that much. I think it's more of a footballing rivalry. It's more of a gentlemanly sporting rivalry. It's more civil. You don't want that. You don't want that. You need like class warfare or something that keeps people distracted. You want this Milanese banker to hate the working class man. You want him to hate the social democrat. You want him to hate the communist. That's what you fucking want, man. All right, you know, it's a real shame. Lives could have been saved. I saw, um, I saw this thing. I uh, I posted in like a, in like a group on Facebook. Whenever I, there's a new podcast, I like share links in these like Italian football groups, and um, whatever. Just hoping to like fucking get a. It costs nothing, right? I'm hoping like it'll I'll snag a couple of like new collateral listeners. Whatever. Dude, every time I post in this one group now, some lady, I don't even think it's always the same lady, I think it's just this, these few people, will post like a link to a Telegram, to a Telegram um, like chat, a one-way Telegram chat. You guys ever see that shit? So you download the Telegram app, it's like an encrypted messaging platform, but you can't answer. It's like you just, you're basically just receiving news from this one admin. Uh... So I click on it, it's no al vaccino, no to the vaccine. 
<laughs> so I accepted it. I wanted to see what was up. And um yeah, it's just these fucking these fucking dudes like just showing how th- these videos and pictures showing um folks printing like fake vaccine passports which I think are necessary in order to do a lot of things in Italy at the moment. I was like, you know what? Like I, I kind of respect the hustle. You know what I mean? Like I, I really do. Like I feel like I feel like I'm a fucking I feel like I'm in a you know I feel like I'm in a Bolsheviks meeting in uh in Moscow in nineteen seventeen. You know? <laughs> this is these these fucking covert little groups on these encrypted platforms here. Join 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 us. Join the chat. Feel like I'm part of some underground political movement, but you know I saw that and was like, you know what? This is good. This is good for these people. They're mad at something. They're mad at the government. They're not mad at their neighbor. They're not going to take it out on their kid or kick the dog, or stab your neighbor, or hit her repeatedly with a hammer and cut her up into twelve pieces and pay her rent and get an industrial freezer into her place so you can store her body. See the move. The move right there. By the way, you just fucking into a lake or something or burn it. You get rid of it right away. You don't. You don't keep the evidence. You don't harbor the evidence. That this guy fucked up badly. You know what I mean? But you know, pharmaceutical drugs will do that to you, man. Pharmaceutical drugs will do that. I guarantee you, he was on some kind of fuck. How, how much you want to bet this guy was on some shit from Pfizer or something? I'm willing. To, I'm willing to bet that. Why not? Right? Maybe he was on. Maybe he was on. Uh, you know. Maybe he was on fucking. Maybe he was on Vivans. Nah, they don't fucking have Vivans over there, do they? They must. Here's the thing, like. This is the type of story that you would expect out of like Florida, out of like Jacksonville, Florida or something. Where, by the way, UFC 273 is going to be in Jacksonville. Oh, man, that's going to be a fucking banger, man. And I love that they're having events in Jacksonville, man, just because I, I think it's good. That, I think it's a good place to hold cage fighting events. You know, yes, the UFC is more, you know, illustrious now. I think it's, 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 it's more mainstream. It's cool that they have events in Vegas and at MSG and they'll, they'll go worldwide. They'll have shit in Abu Dhabi now too sometimes. But I think it's good once in a while to you know kind of go back to the roots and have shit in like the deep south and the trash areas like fucking like Georgia or Alabama or you know northern Florida. I think that's all good. But yeah, bro, this is like a story out of Florida. I swear to God, you you don't want that. You don't you don't want you don't want Milan. Okay, you don't want Milan crossing paths with Florida ever. It's just a bad mix. Um, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like having red wine with fish, you know, it just feels wrong. It's no, nothing that should ever be considered, but yeah, it's a shame. The guy needed a hustle. If you were anti-vax, he wouldn't have done this. I'm telling you, if you were like so anti-vax that he would have been just fucking dedicating his life to trying to share these telegrams with people and trying to share information with people on how to, you know, curb the fucking rules and say, fuck the system. He wouldn't have done that. His anger would have been diverted elsewhere. We all need somewhere to let out our anger, man. I'm telling you, I do this podcast. I play sports, but this podcast is a big one, you know, creative forum, right? I think we can all agree this was a very, this was a very healthy discussion we had just now. I think I'm gonna save the talk about the girl with Down syndrome until next week. Uh, you know, I, well, whatever. Frankly, I didn't expect that to go on as long as it did, but that was a riff. You know, it was riffing. Sometimes you're on fire. That's what that is. We'll end it there, okay? Next week will be a little bit more vanilla, I suppose. It'll be an interview with uh, an interview podcast with uh, with Noah Eisenberg, pro player, plays out in Europe. We'll see how you know. You never know. We'll see how much of a psycho he is. You know, he's a pro player, but respectfully, he doesn't play for uh, you know, he doesn't play for uh, you know Man United, where he has to watch everything he says. Maybe he'll be able to let fly a little bit. We'll see. It'll be a lot of fun to uh, to check that out. But um, yeah, look, I'm I'm uh, yeah, okay. Let's end it there. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're not going to talk about the girl with Down syndrome right now. It's banked. It's banked. 
It's banked. Should we do it? You know what? Fuck it. Ah, no. No, I'm in too much trouble this week as this. No good. No good. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, fucking no, 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 no. It's banked. It's banked. Later. Later date. It's all written down. We're good. We're good, boys. Sorry. We'll talk about the girl with Down syndrome another time. Uh, okay, much love to you all. Check out the pod on all platforms at Cultural Podcast. It is uh, at Cultural Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Please, if you see a reel, like it, share it, share the reels. I know you guys are liking the reels and shit, some highlights from the podcast and stuff. It's appreciated when you guys share that shit. Um, you know, just if there's a freak in your network that'll see it and follow me too, that makes me very happy. It helps us out a great deal. And please rate us five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts if you listen to the pod on Apple, on iTunes, whatever the fuck it's called. Apparently, that helps us out a great deal as well for the algo and shit. I don't really know. I just like to say the algo, the algorithm is cool. It's one of those things. This is one of those things that I like to say. Another one is run it back. We're going to run it back. There's just some things that sound cool to say. Those are one of them. Those are two of them. Um, but yeah, let's beat the algo. I don't even know that the algo is necessarily trying to keep us down, but I like to say let's try to beat the algo. So whatever. Follow our shit. Like all our shit. And um, yeah, rate us five stars on Apple Podcast Next week, a uh, fun interview in studio with Noah Eisenberg, pro player. That'll be a lot of fucking fun. Really looking forward to that. Until then, guys, catch you soon. Enjoy the football this weekend. Enjoy the UFC uh, event. I encourage you guys all to watch that. That'll be fucking sick. I'm going to give my predictions right now. Uh, I've been pretty hot of late. I'm going to say, how's my, so I'm going to go, we're just going to throw this out, okay? I'm going to put myself on record actually predicting big events now when, I, when I'm feeling something on the pod. Uh, I don't really gamble anymore, but I, I, I sort of I sort of stopped um, a couple months ago, but I still like to make predictions. And if they come to be, then great. You know, I, I, I still I still kind of give like gambling tips to buddies of mine. And to be honest, I've been pretty good with the fucking UFC with MMA the past like six months. I, I think I might have gotten like two wrong. So I'm going to say the main card. I'm going to go with Hazmat Shimaev over Gilbert Burns. I think he keeps the momentum rolling. <sighs> I'm going with Aljo. I'm going with Aljamain Sterling over Peter Yan. Uh, I flip-flopped on that one a lot this week. I was convinced Peter Yan was going to win. But what I'm hearing, I'm going with Aljo uh, to win the Bantamweight title. Or to keep the Bantamweight title, but to actually win it. The last one was a DQ last year. That was a weird fucking fight. I think he's going to win it proper and become the undisputed champion just because... He seems to have tra- he seems to have changed up his training regimen a little bit and how he's going to be cutting weight. So that'll be interesting. And I'm going with Alex Volkanovski to win uh, against uh, Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie, to maintain his momentum and keep the win streak going and uh, retain his featherweight championship. Enjoy the events this weekend. Much love to you all. We'll catch you soon. And until next time, alla prossima. Ciao. Scendo dal mezzo col flip flop con un fit top Quasi entra solo su invito Io in tutta Witton Sui palazzi come King Kong Muovo ricco Lei lo succhia come Clinton Fumo indoor Sembra l'indoor Zitto Giuro mi estinguo Scusami se sono spinto Sarai istinto Uno devo aver preso all'istino Tu sono sbirro Sei dei polis come Sting Bro Un topo Stilton Ti ricordi che ero giù che tu eri giù da me Ti ho detto per questi soldi devo farmi in tre Poi da nulla baby mi ha chiesto la luna eh? Io ti ho regalato un completo di Marinser Il destino di un mio amico Ma non giudice Mentre mi guardi negli occhi Tu mi giuri che Non avevi visto mai Uno più giù di me Oggi che il mio dramma È oyster o giubile Non lo dire a nessuno Che se fosse per te Pur di uccidere me Pagheresti qualcuno Spendo soldi nei brand Uno zaino di cash Sembra che non fatturo Però tu non sai che Quando spengono il set Rimane solo il fumo yeah. 
ho paura del buio e non penso a nessuno, a nessuno mi fermo Le cose brutte mi scordo e mi segno Ma va si nodi l'amore mi riepa Ma chi fa sordo e sa mondo è in indegno Tra nessuno con nessuno ma facevo spesso Perché a confronto a me ero nato quando ricco Sotto a cazzo non papava, gamma sette io Papava e si è nata come un anno spiccio